happy. God never said that. You know that God wants you happy, but that is not his ultimate goal. How many like being happy? Yes? Yeah, if you thought I was going to do running man, you were really be running because I can't do that. Okay, week two, we talked about God giving us more than, you know, God's not going to give us more than we could handle. And we understand that we need him to be able to handle that. And we took we understand the scripture that that has been misquoted from. It talks about we won't be tempted more than we could handle. But we found out that we really need God to how many knows that life brings you stuff and you need God to help you uh, navigate through that. So we talked about that in week two. Week three, last week we talked, it doesn't matter what you do as long as nobody gets hurt. Uh, and God never said that. So again, in, in the one week we talked about, we need God because our problems would just get big and we need him to, to get through those, to make those small. Then we talked about it, it doesn't matter what you do because <laughs> there's people who believe that as long as nobody gets hurt. But we know that no matter what we do, it, even if we're playing chess, it affects the other team. It affects the team and the strategically of, of what we do and affects our children and our children's children. So it does matter what we do. Today, I want you to check out this video clip. This is about what we're talking about today. Here's what it says. doesn't matter what you believe as long as you are sincere. Take a look. Great Scott, Jimmy. <laughs> I'm going to take this off in a minute, trust me. Because <laughs> it's choking me. There's a reason for me wearing this cape. Um, but we're going to wrap this thing up and we're going to blow away this thing. It doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere because God never said that. There are people who say this. doesn't matter what road you take. All roads go to the same place. They don't do that. If you came south today, go north and see if you end up in the same place. It's not going to work. And uh, so this, this cape has a story. In kingdoms, kingdoms operate by laws. Whether you believe them or not, the laws still operate. Can we agree on that? Okay. So with this cape, I just want you to understand. I'm not going to tell you how old it was because I actually don't really remember my exact age. There'll be people that will yell out you were 20-something, but that is not true. <laughs> I was just a little boy. I, I'm going to say I was probably eight, maybe. I don't, I don't remember my exact age. If my sister was here, she might be able to tell you. But I believed that if you believe hard enough and you did not doubt. Now, again, in, in what we're going to talk about today, isn't it true that the enemy takes a little bit of truth and mixes it? And so you, you, you kind of get, well, that, yeah, that seems kind of right. And I believe that, you know what, if I believed hard enough and I didn't doubt that I could fly like Superman. Now, again, I'm going back to my age. 28. I mean, eight. <laughs> And we had 15 steps at our house. And I had got this great idea that I believed so hard and so much that that was true, that it was just a matter of if I, if I knew that, it, that I could do it, I could do it. And so I had to have a cape. Now, I did not have this cape, but this is just an example. I had to have a cape, and so I put on a cape, 
I got on the best flying duds I could think of, stood up on 15 steps. Stepped down to 14 and thought maybe my faith needs to be 14. I don't know. But I looked and I just stood there for the long, I don't know how many minutes, but I thought, yes, yes, okay, I can fly, I can fly. Now, if you leave this place and take this out of context, you're going to have everybody that's going to come and take me away. And then you're going, what happened to Pastor? Well, he thought he could fly. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I stood up there and this is what I did. True story. True dat. All right. So I, I stood up there to fly. And this is my only thought. And my, I told my dad this, and he cracked up. At the bottom of the steps was a mirror. If I, to the right was the kitchen. To the left was the dining room. Now, this is my thinking. If I flew to the right, I would have to pull up because I'm in the kitchen. <laughs> I'm just telling you, this is, <laughs> you know how my mind works. Now, you wanna, you'll understand when I give you wacky illustrations. If I flew to the left, it was all good because I could fly and I had the door ready at the dining room. I could fly out the door. I could go around the house. I could go around the house and I could fly and I could circle the house. I could circle my friend's house and all would be good. So I stood there for a few minutes, got myself ready, and I was so excited and I dove. It was about the fifth or sixth step that I realized I'm not flying. <laughs> and I hit and rolled and bang, 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 bang. I mean, it, I, I needed a stunt man, but I obviously didn't have one. I remember rolling to the bottom of the steps and, and sat up and I had smacked my face up terrible and it was bleeding. I had my chin was all cut up and stuff. And I remember looking in that mirror at the bottom of the steps going, it didn't work. You see, because God never said that just because you believe now. Now, listen to me. Depends on what you believe in. But if it's a kingdom law, you can believe in the kingdom law. It works every time. But if you believe in something that the enemy created or or copied. That's a whole nother thing. Kingdom laws work all the time. You can't defy that unless you supersede that Gravity's going to work. If you were Billy Graham and put on that cape, you're still going to fall. You see, when we say it doesn't matter what you believe. It sounds really good because they're really then it makes it there's no wrong way. Everybody's right. God is so big and he's so loving, he'll accept whatever you believe just as long as you really believe it. I had a guy telling me one time, he said, God won't send us to hell. If God is love, how will he send us to hell? That's crazy. And I, I, later on, I could tell him, you know what? At the time, I didn't know what to say. He goes, if God's so loving, why would he send us to hell? God won't send you to hell. You'll send yourself by not choosing him. But see, what we would call a feel-good theology Grew up in, I don't know if this is the 60s or the 70s. If it feels good, yeah. I don't know what age that was, but, you know. I've been to, you know, and done many funerals, and I've heard this countless times. <clears throat> They're in a better place now. They're just looking down on us. They're having a great time. They're just... People don't really even have a concept of sometimes how this works because it just, it feels good to say whatever. It doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere. All roads lead to the same place. No, they do not. 
what's amazing today, it's not controversial to, to really, if you think about it, to really kind of almost bring in God to an extent because in most major sporting events, you can have athletes, man. They score a touchdown. You give God praise. You know, I mean, everyone, oh, and automatically, you know, they do something. They'll, you know, they, you know, not all of them, but, you know, some of them are like, wow, that's great. You know, I heard a comedian say if they, you know, if they worship the devil, if they scored a touchdown, what would they do? <laughs> They're an atheist. <laughs> all of those things. But what I'm telling you. Is, is just, okay, well, that's cool. That's, that, that's not threatening. Watch the Grammys. There's people that have gotten Grammy awards or different awards. I give everything. I give all credit to Jesus Christ, my Lord. And then later you're going, really? And then, you know, you see some other things and you're going, that, that just doesn't, they don't seem to line up. You can watch talk shows and they can talk all day about spirituality. And there really isn't much controversy. So when does it get controversial? When, what is the line? You start talking about Jesus. And, and not God. God they'll use as a general term. But when you start talking about Jesus, then you start being controversial. I'll make sure my thing is staying where it needs to go. When you bring Jesus up is when conversation starts getting heated. Think about this. Nobody really debates the existence of Jesus. Nobody really says he didn't live there's even false religions and they'll, they'll say they believe that jesus lived he was a good man or whatever people like what jesus did nobody doesn't really like his teaching help the poor love others be generous forgive those who, who, who hurt you that's pretty good i mean that's that's good teaching they like that if you hate Christianity, it's impossible to hate what Jesus teaches. If you don't like the whole Christian scene, but just, you know, if you like, I like being good to others. I, I don't like, uh, you know, people holding things over. I like them to forgive me. I like to, to be generous. I like people to be generous back, you know, all those things. You get it. So the detractors didn't debate his existence. They like his teaching. So what gets them so upset? It's the exclusive claim. It is the claim and that's what actually our founding scripture for TLC is John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. You see, that starts dividing the room. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I want this side of the room to say boom. One, two, three. This side of the room, I want you to say, there it is. One, two, three. There you go. That's the phrase. Because Jesus just said, I'm it. This is how you can get to God. There is no other way to do it. There is a, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And that sets him apart from every other world religion. It's the exclusive claim that he says, this is it. This is the only way. Let's look at world religions. The enemy's good at putting a little bit of truth, putting a little bit of beauty, a little bit of reasoning, but they're not the same. We can acknowledge there can be elements because the enemy's good at you put a little this or that, or a little bit of that in there, a little bit of this, but it's never going to be the truth complete. Here are some high points of major world religions. Brief, this brief overview. Buddhism has no God, no final type of existence. They believe in countless rebirths. 
Hinduism has an impersonal God that's approached through statues or idols. Neither Buddhism or Hinduism offer the forgiveness of sin or supernatural help. Only karma. Karma is basically this. You do bad things, bad things are likely to happen to you. You do good things. The Bible calls that sowing and reaping. Muslims, they worship Allah, a personal God, but no secondary God. There are no idols. Your standing with Allah depends on your religious devotion and your worth. New Age, they have no personal God, believe in a higher consciousness, one with the cosmos and the universe. Um. Christianity has a personal God exposed to us through the love of God and his son Jesus, offers forgiveness of sin, not based on religious effort, but based on God's goodness. In all of these, you see a little bit of truth or a little bit of this, but they're still not the same. If a person says it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere, you've got to start saying to yourself, God never said that. And number two, I don't think that's completely right. I don't think that's right at all. So let's understand this. Before I go any further, you already know I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. You might say, well, Brett, you're biased. Okay. I'm not trying to be. I'm just saying, yeah, I, I, I'm going to lean to that side, but I'm just, I, we're just going to look at facts. Let's look objectively. I want you, I'm going to ask you this. I want you to consider Jesus. Just consider Jesus. Not asking you to consider our church, True Life Church. I'm not asking you to join a religion. I'm not asking you to really consider me. I'm just asking you to consider Jesus. He came to reveal the love of God to those who needed a Savior, and He came to destroy the works of the devil. And I could give you scripture all day long about what the Bible says. I, I, I want you to, to get this in your, in your mind and in your heart. Maybe for some that if you need this CD or something later, we can get that to you. Just fill out a CD form. We can get it to you free. You know, we're not, we just want to bless you. But somebody is saying, I just want you to consider Jesus. Not the behavior of people who call themselves Christians or followers of Jesus, but I want you to consider him. You can meet two different kinds of Christians. We've all said that. I guess we've all thought about that. You can meet the person that you go, now that person, man, they're genuine. Wow, I mean, like, they just radiate God's love. It's just amazing. They seem to be kind. They don't seem to ever blow it. Or It's not that they never blow it, but, you know, they, the, the way they handle themselves, they're truthful, they're integrable, they, they just handle themselves. Then there's the people that will claim to be Christian, but when life happens to them, just like life to the other person, they're, they're uh, hot-headed um, I listed some things here narrow minded egotistical some can be hateful judgmental critical um, Bigoted people, you know, we just almost I don't want that if that's what you know And we base a lot of some of our decisions on how people are now You've heard that sometimes the best sermon people is not what they hear. It's what they see It's what they see you do and then they they evaluate if they don't know Jesus if this is the Jesus you're talking about I don't want any part of that and so that's why it's important for us to say, if I'm going to serve and be a follower of Jesus Christ, that I handle myself. It doesn't mean that you, you've never made a mistake or that you never will make another mistake. It does mean, though, that you stay humble. You stay uh, soft-hearted. You, you stay open to what God is telling you to do. Nobody's perfect. And we can't base our decision on people. We have to base our decision on the word. Uh, how many have ever been let down by somebody? We all have. And so I want you to consider Jesus. What you believe is true. Let's look at, I'm going to give you three aspects of Jesus today. Three. So if you're taking notes, here's the first one. Consider the ministry of Jesus. Consider the ministry of Jesus. Mark 2, 16 through 17 says this. 
When the teachers of religious law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with tax collectors and other sinners, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with such scum? Now, I'm reading you the New Living Translation, the King James, New King James is behind me. When Jesus heard this, he told them, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. I've come to call the... I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. I want you to think about that. Have you ever been, this is, you go to the doctor, there's usually a copay, correct? If you have insurance, there's a copay. You go in there, this is what I don't like to hear. Pay them whatever the money is, you're sick, thank you. <laughs> I, I know that, that's why I came here, I didn't need to spend $75 for you to tell me I'm sick. Okay, so when we're looking at some of this stuff, we got to start understanding Jesus came for the people that were sick, not sick just with flu or anything. I mean, just don't know him that are that are following the things of the world. He came for those people, the, the ones that other people despised, rejected, hated, avoided. He came for them. When the woman was caught in the act of adultery, the law said stoning death. And these people all stood with stones in their hand, ready to throw and kill this lady. Jesus said, which one of you that has never sinned, you throw the first stone. And he looked at her, the broken woman, and said, you're forgiven. Go your way and sin no more. I want you to consider his ministry. He opened blind eyes, healed deaf ears, caused the mute to speak, the lame to walk, healed leprosy, turned water into wine, walked on water, made demons go into pigs, multiplied loaves and fish to feed thousands, put money in a fish's mouth, uh, calmed a raging storm, made the dead live. The ministry of Jesus. The, the critics didn't even question the validity of his miracles. They just said, stop. Because you're making things hard for us. Some of you here today because you're a miracle of the ministry of Jesus. My father-in-law was told he had stage four of prostate cancer. You are not eligible. You're not a candidate for surgery. But he experienced the ministry of Jesus today completely cancer-free. Zoe's with us somewhere. She's probably back in the max. Her friend had cancer. Was going through chemotherapy. We prayed and believed God. And they just took x-rays. They can't find the cancer now. Experience the ministry. Consider the ministry of Jesus. You know, God has done things in, in my life and changed me. I mean, I'm not talking about just change, but transformed me. That began to do things and, and made me not see the, myself the way I, I saw myself before, if that makes any sense. Because... This is what one of the things Tyus had said. Change just means it's, we don't change just like we change our shoes. We change our coat because then we'll put it back on again. But when we're transformed, we don't, we don't go back to the same thing. When he renews us, we look at the ministry of Jesus. We see exactly this is what he did. This is how you go tell somebody, you go talk to Charles. You give him about two minutes. He'll tell you how Jesus and the ministry took cancer away. You could try to tell him, oh, that didn't happen. I'm telling you, you're going to be a lot longer there than two minutes. Because you can't convince him of that. I mean, his, his rate of what they said for, for prostate, the scale they gave, it was off the chart. I mean, it was, you're not supposed to have like seven or eight. And then they're like, well, that's bad. He had 200 and something. And they're like, dude, there's nothing we can do. 
And you know what? He did not listen to me. Listen to what I'm telling you. He called in those that he knew that would believe and stand with him. And we got together and said, here's what we're going to do. And he said, I'm in agreement with that. Let's do that. But when, sooner or later, we had to leave the house. And then he's left to consider the ministry of Jesus. Consider the promises. Because you can't tell him who is not the way, the truth, and the life. He'll tell you who the way, the truth, and the life is. You ask somebody that couldn't see, and now they can. Consider the ministry of Jesus. Here comes point number two. Consider the resurrection of Jesus. Know that God loves you and he hates sin. That's why Jesus, who was born of a virgin, he did not inherit the sin nature of an earthly father. He was without sin. That's why he could go to the cross and become sin for us to take all of our sin away. I heard Bill Winston. I, I, I love to listen to Bill Winston. I don't know if you know. I, I, he's a faith preacher, but I, I like him. He, to me, he's like, a, he's like a grandpa. You just want to go over and go, oh. He's, he said something I was watching the other day, and I told Kim, I said, it, I've never heard it that way before. I think I shared it with Scott. <clears throat> he said, you know, in the garden when Jesus was, you know, he was saying, if you could take this cup from me. I, I, there's another way. And the Bible says that he sweat droplets of blood, and he was upset because he knew what was ahead of him. And I've, we've preached that. I've preached that. And I get it, and I understand that. I mean, if you already know, hey, they're going to torture you beyond compare of any other human tortured, you're about to go through it. I would be like, <laughs> I, really, I really don't want to do that. I mean, you know, if I could do that, and God, if there's another way, this would be good time to show me that plan B. But that's not, here's the other thing. From the existence of anything, God, there was never a beginning or an end to God. He was always, right? From the beginning of time, for the very first time, Jesus would have to be separated from the father i never thought of that so for the very first time in the existence of everything that ever existed he had to now and now if you think about it god had to turn his head jesus had to be separated from his father so that sin could then be poured on him and he could take that for us and that's one of those things that he was that's why he's so upset i've never been away from you before i don't want to be away from you and that hit me like a ton of bricks. Consider the resurrection of Jesus. When Jesus said, it's finished, the job he came to do was com complete. Three days later, when the stone was rolled away, the tomb was empty. He was not there. Peter said it this way in Acts 3.15. You killed the author of life. But God raised him from the dead. And we are witnesses of this fact. You need to know and understand that we are, there were eyewitnesses that saw Jesus alive. Matter of fact, over 500 people after he was crucified, dead, and buried saw him walking and living and breathing again. And if you, before he even went to the Father, he told him to go in Jerusalem and wait. 120 did. 380 checked out. I don't know what happened to the 380. I'm like, really? I mean, you see him put to death. You see him back alive. Here's a couple theories. Skeptics, number one, and critics say the Roman soldiers stole the body. The enemies of Christ would have loved to produce a dead body just to prove that he was still dead and didn't come back to life like he said he would. So that doesn't really pan out. Secondly, they say the disciples took the body. Now I want you to think about this. There's 11 guys left. Over, <laughs> overpowered, trained Roman soldiers with weapons. 
testify against them if they didn't kill the soldiers. They'd testify against them, put them to death. They came up with the most elaborate scheme ever in the history of the world, pulled it off, kept it a secret with no personal motive and only extreme personal loss. I don't think so. One of them dying for their death because they're eyewitnesses, or all but one of them. I mean, John was the only one. The rest were, they died for their faith. The tomb was empty. He was not dead. He was alive. The tomb was empty. He was not there. He's alive. Somebody in this house give Jesus praise for being alive. Come on. Doubting Thomas, that's who we've called him, because he said, I got to touch his hands, I got to touch his side, then I'll believe, and Jesus appears, and that happens. He made that possible. Thomas went on to be the great evangelist, evangelist in India, and when he was asked to renounce his faith, he said, no way. They shoved a spear through his body. Why would he do this when he once doubted? I'm going to tell you, my friends, because he saw he knew, he touched, he was a witness to Jesus being alive. He knew he was real. Just consider the resurrection of Jesus. Don't consider me, I'm human. Don't consider TLC, it, it's a church, but we're, consider Jesus. Here's our last point for this morning. Consider the eternal message of Jesus. Romans 3.22, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. How are we made right with God? How are we made right with God? We just read it. By believing. Putting our faith in Jesus. This is crazy powerful. If we understand what we just read, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. All scripture backs up everything. It backs each other up. John 14, 6, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. How are we made right? By believing in who? Jesus. This is crazy powerful. No matter who we are, no matter what you've done, no matter how dark your life is, no matter if you're the best sinner you know, no matter if you feel like you're full of anger, I'm full of hate, I'm bitter, I, it doesn't matter. Anyone, 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 anyone that will believe in Jesus and receive him, place their faith in Jesus. We are made new. Christianity is Christ plus nothing. Not Christ plus good works, not Christ plus baptism, Christ plus church attendance, church membership, plus giving money. It's not about that. It's about Jesus Christ. He stands alone. It's not only Christ plus nothing, it's Christ, it's not, you know, Christ plus waiting until I get my life right. It's not Christ, but, you know, I'm going to wait until I, I, I have this conquered, until I do nothing wrong, until I get everything right. I get my ducks in a row, until I'm not sinning anymore. I'm going to wait, uh, Christ, until, until I quit thinking those thoughts. In Christ alone, we have the hope of eternal life. In Christ alone, we are made new. In Christ alone, we have the forgiveness of our sins. In Christ alone, the old is gone. In Christ alone, oh my goodness, the new has come. Here's the problem. Religion is all about us, how I perform, how I do things, if I'm good enough. But I'm not talking about religion, my friends. I'm talking about a relationship. Jesus came to show us the love of God. Religion is about me. Relationship is about him. And us. Religion says if I'm good enough, God will love me. If I obey, God will accept me. 
relationship says, because God loves me, he accepts me. I'm already good enough. Because he accepts me, I choose to obey. It's not to gain his love. I already have that. That's something we need to understand. It's a response to an eternal love, recognizing his presence is with me at all times. He doesn't love me because of what I've done or not done. Because of that's who he is. Love isn't just what he does, it's who he is. There's nothing you can do to get God to love you more. There's nothing you cannot do or do again to get him to love you less. He loves you because that's who he is. Consider the eternal message of Jesus. Religion is spelled this way, D-O. Relationship is spelled this way, D-O-N-E. You may not believe it, but that's where your problem lies. Well, Brett, you don't even know. You don't know. I mean, I'm just, you know what? It's done. If you believe in Jesus and you give him your he's already taken them. You just have to receive it. He's not going to go to the cross again, so your sins have already been paid for. When God said done, you say, well, you know what, God, I need to do this. And he says done. You may want to work for it. And he says, no, it's done. I, but God, I need to probably add this. He says, no, it's done. I, I, I just am not good. He said, it's done. 2,000 years ago, Jesus was God's son, became flesh, dwelt among us without sin, died on the cross. On the third day, he was raised from the dead. When you believe in him, it doesn't matter who you are, how bad you've been, how much you've done. God says it's finished, it's done. Somebody shout, it's done. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I want you to consider this morning, Jesus. I want you to consider. You might say, you know what, Brad, we've talked about it a lot. I mean, I could have gave you, we could be here till next Tuesday in Scripture. I mean, really, and you know that. We can consider, well, I don't like this person. They say they're a Christian or this and this. You don't know what happened to me. This happened in this church or this happened here. This pastor did this or, you know, my boss over here did that. You know what? It's done. It's done. Give that to God. Time to move on. Listen, if the horse is dead, dismount and find another ride. Quit living life in your rearview mirror. It's done. Start looking at life and start smelling the, the free air. Start saying, God, thank you. Let him take that sin and get rid of it. Let him take that bondage and get rid of it. Let him take that guilt and get rid of it. Let him take that condemnation and get rid of it. It's done. Believe in Jesus. Consider his ministry. Consider his resurrection. Consider his power. Would you bow your heads today?